Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday morning. Joining me from the Portland, Maine area, I believe, Kirk Goldsberry. Is that accurate? He's in this He's in this very Mainy, heavy flannel in like the darkened winter, <laughs> late winter days in, in northern or in uh, southern Maine. Is that, do I have it right, the Portland, Maine area? Yes, you do. And I just saw a, a beautiful fox trot across the, the backyard of the building I'm in. It's, it, was, it was perfect. But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful winter day here in, in Maine. It's good to see you, Brian. You were at uh, the Sloan Analytics Conference, I believe, last weekend? Yes, that is uh, my native habitat, as some people say. Uh, so I was <laughs> back there. It's, it was a great conference. Congrats to Daryl Morey and Jess Gelman and, and the students who put it on MIT every year. It was good to see a lot of our friends and colleagues back there. Uh, it's starting to be normal for the first time in, in a few years, I guess. And uh, joining us from across the country, slightly different environment in Oakland, landscapes, <laughs> Mr. Mark J. Spears. Yeah, I'm I'm looking out the window. Let me see what I see. <laughs> <laughs> run, run. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, um, so, so let me tell you what I was doing last night. I was sweating. I was sweating it out. Let me tell you why. Because I wrote this piece about the Denver Nuggets clutch performance. The Nuggets are the number one clutch team in the uh, in the league this year by a pretty big factor and not only that part of the story was that when they're at home their performance in the clutch is like off the charts um so you know normally in a, in a game and clutch time is last five minutes score within five points we talk about a hundred possessions you know normally in a game even if it's a really tightly game you may only get seven eight nine possessions where it's actually in clutch time um, so to, to stretch it out to a hundred, that's a big ask, but you know, we are at the point in the season where we've had hundreds of clutch possessions for these teams. And so per 100 possessions, the, the, uh, the nuggets have been killing the opposition this year in the clutch. Uh, they have been outscoring in all games. They've been outscoring the opposition by 24 points per hundred possessions. I mean, that is big time domination clutch time. So that's number one. Number one by almost 10 points, um, 76ers are number two. And we just saw the 76ers have one of the best clutch wins of the season on the road over the weekend where they um, ended the 70 uh, Bucks 16-game win streak by just getting some great clutch play from Harden and Embiid. The Nuggets are even better. And when they're at home, it rises to 34 points per 100 possessions. If it's a close game in Denver, you know that it's um, that it's, it's you're in deep trouble. So last night, it's a close game in Denver, and the Raptors are winning. And this story <laughs> is ready to go. Whoa. Denver Nuggets, oh, domination, no. crunch time, untouchable basically at home, and the Raptors are winning. And um, uh, I got a text from Bontemps and he goes, I'll bet you, cause he knew this story was coming. He's like, I'll bet you're glued to the nuggets radio network, <laughs> which is a, which is a joke because I can't watch nuggets games when they're not on national TV because you know, I'm 700 miles from the ball arena and that's not oh, allowed. And I thought you were going to take a shot at the announcers. Scott no, no, Hastings. not at all. 
I would love to hear Scott Hastings. Um, so would a lot of people in Denver who can't get altitude, which is another topic. But guys, I just saw Scott Cronk can't talk to him, by the way, but that's another. We talked wow. about it, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, the Nuggets, the stats bore out and the Nuggets uh, oh, yeah. finished the game on a 15 by five. Run. Well, hold on, guys. We, you know, one of the things I love about this Nuggets team, Brian, is you never know who's going to come up big in the clutch. Of course, Nikola Jokic can do it, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray. But last night, I think the most clutch performance for the Nuggets was actually Scott Foster, who assured you that this piece, <laughs> this piece was going to get off without a hitch yeah. when he ejected Scotty Barnes when there was a one, it was a one point game with 30 it was seconds a one left. point game. And honestly, I don't know what was said, but it wasn't very demonstrative, whatever it was. And I don't believe Scotty had a technical already. So he went straight for an ejection, uh, which changed the whole tenor of the game uh, and allowed these clutch Denver Nuggets to to win yet another Excuse me, sir. It did not change the tenor of the game. The Nuggets were going to (laughs) win out. You know that and I know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, but anyway, shout out to to the Nuggets own Scott Foster last. Uh, according to uh, Rob, <laughs> according to, according to Rob Perez, who own. runs, who uh, worldwide Wob, uh, he runs these investigations. He studied the video and um, watched the press conferences, and um, uh, Scotty Barnes apparently said, "Y'all are cheating, bro." And I don't know if he was speaking to. The Nuggets or speaking to the officials, but Scott Foster after the game said that he questioned the integrity or he called into question the integrity of the officiating crew. And so that's why he was ejected. Um, Wait, doesn't that happen like 36 times a game in an NBA <laughs> uh, with the coach or a player? I think we a, can agree that it was a questionable technical foul. Yeah. in that spot in a one point game. And it was a beyond a questionable ejection. I think is, we, is I don't he the think the most sensitive ref in the league. Well, here's the thing about Scott Foster. Um, I think there was a game over the weekend where I think it was in Philly. He was at or in Milwaukee. He was in Milwaukee on Saturday night and he called a five second call against the bucks in the last minute of the game. I think. And that's the thing. Like Scott has no problem making any call at any time. And in a lot of reasons, a lot of ways that makes him a good official because in a, in some ways he's completely impervious to being influenced by the crowd. And what a moment one, in the time, right? Exactly. And one of the things that, you know, people have, have, have said to him, have said about him over the years is that the NBA, you know, calls him in, when they need a a, a, t- a playoff series to be extended because he, you know, uh, but uh, it's, I do think that Scott Foster is not afraid to make any call at any time. And that has, that's a double-sided sword. I think you want an official who's not going to be intimidated by the home team going on a run of the home team crowd, but the same mentality leads you to call a five second call, you know, in the last minute of a game, and to eject a player in a one-point game, you know, in the final minute. Yeah. So one of my one um, of my favorite sayings about the refs, Brian, is if you do your job perfectly, nobody knows you were even there. Scott Foster is the most famous ref in the NBA, folks. 
Why? Because of the yes. Tim Donahue stuff, or or because I don't know. He always seems to be. He always seems to be uh, in the conversations like this. And I'm not yeah. saying he's good or bad. It's just you know he's he's very visible in a profession where you know the gold standard is to be invisible. Yeah. Let me just say that it was a 15 to four run, Kirk, and it wasn't just about that call. It was the, it was <laughs> the dominance right. that was it was reported on and researched by me about the Nuggets holding firm. The technical foul was only a slight part of it, but um, so here's he's the thing. rooting of- for his story. We root for our story. Yes. We don't root for teams. We root for our stories. Fair point. We've all that, been there. that is a Hall of Fame analysis, right <laughs> there, right. Colesbury. That um, is very true. So the Nuggets. Um, so I so I I remember last year being awed by the greatness of the clutch play that the Suns had. Uh, as good as the Nuggets um, clutch play has been this year, the Suns were one of the greatest clutch teams in the history of the NBA last season. It was why they won 64 games. Um, and then, of course, they were the absence of clutch in the postseason, especially in game seven, where they were on their home court in the second round. And so I went back and looked at the recent performance of the teams that have been the best clutch teams in the regular season and it hasn't carried over um, last year, the Suns, two years ago, none of the top, the, the Blazers were the top clutch team two years ago, but none of the top four teams made it out of the second round. Mm. Um, I went back three or four years and basically none of the teams that were in the clutch, really the last team that was a really good clutch team that performed well was the 2017-18 Houston Rockets um, who might have won the title that year had Chris Paul not um, tweaked his hamstring. Or was that 16-7? No, 17-18. So, um, but this is really a a point to talk about the Nuggets. Um, Spears, the Nuggets now have a seven-game lead on the... Grizzlies for the number one seed in the West. They have, they are basically in a tie for the number one overall record in the league. We could very well see the entire, the path to the, to the finals will run through Denver in the West. And we're maybe going to see it, see the path to the title run through Denver. They are in position to get number, the number one overall seed, the way things are lining up. Um, We're, we've talked for months about how tight the Western conference is, but it's not tight at the top. The Nuggets are putting a big gap on the rest of this jumbled up field. So are they going to win it? They're win that's the my question to you. They're killing in the clutch. They got a guy who's going to win the third consecutive MVP in all likelihood. They, you know, you look at the off the, their offseason acquisitions, Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown are two of the most effective players in the league this year by plus minus and in the clutch. Um, so how come nobody talks about this team? How come nobody respects this team? And I'm not talking about just the media. Spears, when I talk to people in the league, when I talk to players, they don't have a lot They're of respect like, for this team. Exactly. I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I covered this team for eight years. I was around Denver. And this is where I, I wish I would have told, asked Kirk this in advance. What NBA team since the ABA-NBA merger has, like, 
done more without winning a championship or done more without going to the finals? Maybe the Suns. Yeah. Oh, they've been the Suns the have been to the finals twice. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm talking about that hasn't been to the finals. Yeah. And I I just like to me, it's like I feel like Denver fans are ready to be get let down. Right. <laughs> They're Every year they seem like they have this really good team and something goes wrong. Like, can you, t- if, if let's say they play the Clippers in the first round, who are you picking? I'm right? picking Denver because I just gave all the data. Okay. But <laughs> who are you picking, Kirk? I mean, but, well, I love that point and I'm not going to spoil my pick, but I saw the same thing. I think there's a few first round matchups for this team. Uh, or second round matchups. Look, there's three finals MVPs sitting around in the lower half of the Western bracket. One's named yeah. Stephen Curry. One's named Kevin Durant. Who knows where they end up? But and then Dallas. there's Kawhi Leonard. And like yeah. these are three dudes that we've seen win the freaking playoffs. Uh, and and <clears throat> I think Spears's larger point is like it's, it's just topsy turvy right now. Some of the guys we've come to trust in the postseason are at the bottom of that bracket. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of the guys that, that, that are, you know, this Jokic number one and the Kings are up there and the Grizzlies, there's some instability and in, in question marks around those top teams, but I don't know who I would pick, uh, in part because the one stat with this team, Brian, and you talked about a little in your piece in your column, which I recommend is this defense is the most important unit of any unit in the postseason. the last Three postseasons, they've ranked 12th out of 16, 12th out of 16, and 16th out of 16 postseason teams. A lot of us need to see it work in the spring before we're going to trust it, particularly, yeah. Brian, when we're talking about Kawhi and Stefan and Kevin being on the bottom half of that bracket right now. Yeah, I just I, – I have to see it. And and this, you know, I'm I'm not – here for the slander of joker he's amazing like if the dude it's a regular season award i've heard guys say oh you don't do anything (laughs) in playoffs it's a regular season award right but if the nuggets don't make it to the finals it's right it's a it's a it's a disappointing season you can't be that far ahead and lose in the first round or second round like to me it's at minimum conference finals like we we had to put some pressure on them, man. Like that, this can't be a failure anymore. Um, you know what? You know what but, it reminds me of Spears is yeah. the 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 Jazz run that just ended, right? These regular season small market Western Conference team, yeah, would just show up and dominate the regular season and just flame out and flame out and flame out. I think this is such a massive year for this yeah. Denver core, that coaching staff, uh, because they have very lofty expectations and an unusually sort of weird Western conference bracket staring back at them. But we're oddly no pressure. Like Brian, how often do they talk about the nuggets on NBA today? Never. Vivid seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring experience, every pitch assist and game winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. 
As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Right. Never. 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 First place. No one talks about them. And it's like, the, well, maybe, hey, Kirk, this your backyard, it's like the Spurs, right? 100%. But yeah, the Spurs were the Spurs. The Spurs won. I look forward to seeing the Nuggets get over that hump that's plagued them since the days of Issel and English and Dikembe and Mello. Like Chauncey, they just haven't been able to get over that hump. I don't count the bubble. Clippers choked. And, and the Clippers gave him a free pass to the Western Conference Finals. So someone said, well, they made the West Final. Eh. Jamal Murray made big-time shots. In the bubble. Clippers choked, Brian. I agree. They were up 3-1. They wanted to go home. That's not saying that Murray wasn't amazing. Right. The Clippers should have won that series. Period. I. It's the most... It's funny. I talked to Joe Kim Noah the other day, and he's like, you know, he didn't really want to talk about it. Like, I'd never seen a collapse in front of my eyes like that ever before. It was the most stunning thing. Like I, I'd never seen guys on that level wanting to go home. So I don't count that for Denver. I'm sorry. My apologies. Denver. And Denver knows I love them. Like I had no problem spending time in Denver. We're, we're, let's go to Vail on an off day, you know, <laughs> like let's go get, eat some bison. Like I'm, I'm all in on that. I just got to see them do it. Like, uh, I just, I think if you ask most NBA writers or even most players, do you take Denver or the field, right? Or, you know, to be or the bottom half of the Western Conference, they probably take the bottom half of the Western Conference. Like, I just, I got to see it to believe it. But if, if they don't make it, like, we got to start calling them out, man, and, and, and start giving them some, we, they deserve more attention, but I think they're fine without it because it's it's not putting pressure on them. Well, when you watch them play, when I'm allowed to watch them play by the uh, league pass rules, <laughs> um, they have a very maneuverable team uh, because when you look at Aaron Gordon, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, and Bruce Brown, they are very versatile defensively. So. Yeah. They can, they can handle a lot of different matchups. They can go into full switch. Murray and Jokic are not strong defensively, but Jokic is not a sieve. He yeah. is able to do some things. And here's the other thing. When you have Jokic, you have a guy who's going to generate a good shot for somebody like huge number of possessions, huge number of percent of the time. 
And like, yeah. you look at the numbers, these guys shoot in the clutch. They're all awesome. The only guy who's really, you know, Caldwell Pope and Murray's clutch numbers are a little low, but like they really, they just generate good shots. So like when you're at the end of close games, you have this, you have all the, you have these versatile defenders who can all do a bunch of different things, guard a bunch of different positions. And you have a guy who's going to generate shots. And by the way, what do you need in the NBA right now? What's like the most important thing you got to have other than versatile defenders. You got to have good three point shooting. Guess who's the number one three point shooting team in the NBA. Denver Nuggets, number one. Brian, Brian, Brian. But here's what I think you're, you're, I'm not telling you any of this is wrong. Mm. They are seven games and like, what is the most a team has been ahead at the end of the regular season in their conference and not made it to the finals? Like they have no excuse. The Denver Nuggets have to make it to the finals. You can't be this dominant and lose. They have to make it to the finals. Plus, I mean, they have to, they, they better, they have to. Well, and their record at home is. Brian, Brian, I'm sitting next to you. We're sitting next to each other. (laughs) I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm, I'm not talking. And I to think you, you so agree with me, but like they have to make it to the finals. Yeah, yeah, you can't I hear be this you. dominant. The Warriors, when they were seventy three and nine, right? They they ended up losing, but they made it to the finals. Like, yeah, they have. I, I don't want to hear. They got to make it. Let me let me put it back. So Brian, you did, you have to have three point shooting. Outline that. You said Nikola Jokic, not a sieve. Great, but here's something: when we list the other contenders in the West or in the NBA that these other contenders all tend to have. I don't talk about Time Lord in Boston, Brooke and Giannis in Milwaukee, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley in Cleveland, and Bede in Philly, uh, Triple J in Memphis, uh, Draymond Green in, in Golden State. What do they have? They're definitely not. <laughs> Those are some incredible interior defenders. Um, and maybe, maybe the question here is, is is it not a is that defense good enough not just to thrive in the regular season but to compete with those other incredible defenses that are gearing up for a postseason run and and my question around Jokic is yeah we all know what he can do on offense he's I'm fine if he's the MVP but in the postseason can he actually be the defender that he needs to be to win four rounds of the playoffs against these other incredible basketball teams. I think that's a fair question, especially in the context of these other interior defenders uh, and paint protectors that are going to also want to win the NBA championship this year. Yeah. uh, We're in for a really great Western playoffs. I think. Um, I can't wait. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. I, I mean, I was just in Dallas over the weekend and I'm watching the Mavericks play and I'm like, this could be a playing team. In fact, after they lost that game, they were a playing team. You know, oh, the playing so, part is going to be incredible too. Uh, man. Like, I mean, come on, Nuggets. Come on, Nuggets. <laughs> Let's go. I know. Well, that's the thing. In, in general, just to be clear, in general, there's a limited amount of respect for the Nuggets. And there's a very limited amount of respect for the Kings. So those teams that are back there are looking up there and looking at, at those, you know, and like the way the Grizzlies are going, I don't know what's going to happen with Ja. I don't know when Ja's going to come back. I don't know how many more games. Yeah, that the, I wouldn't, that I wouldn't the Grizz- be surprised if he's done for the season. All right. Well, let me talk about that in a second. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Sacramento claws their way to, to two. 
Okay. Agree. So you're talking about both teams that get in through the through the play in, which we just talked about are going to have star power. Yeah. Both those teams potentially emerging, not afraid of the teams they're going to play. I eighty series, baby. Warriors, <laughs> Kings, let's go. Let's. Oh yeah. Well, Made you've been the TV. Kings champion for months now. Who do you like in Warriors, that one? Kings, man. That would be uh, right I up mean, your alley. It, it, you know, it's interesting. I was in Sacramento yesterday, and it's just like this. It's it's probably like a, a different feeling, but similar to Denver, where it's not about, like, getting to the finals. It's just about, like, making the playoffs. And I'm like, what's y'all magic number? Like, there's this nervousness. Like, it looks good. Like, if they were anybody else, you're like, yeah, 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 they're in the playoffs. But until the Kings, like, actually punch that ticket, there's this, like, nervousness at the Golden 1 Center about, like, every single game, like, winning every single game and not messing up and not blowing it. Like, I feel like they feel like they're Charlie Brown and and trying not to miss that football, man. You know, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to be in that room. Like, and then now, like, the expectations are higher. Like, it's not playing. Like, I, I was asking somebody, uh, one of the, uh, this guy uh, covers the team for the B, and he's like, he's like, um, they basically have to go, 40 i guess percentage wise and, and to not make the make the play to stay out of the plan like they'd have to be there, really there's absurd. six games there's six games in the lost column clear of the play in with less than 20 to go yeah i i, I like their i like their chances of, of making the tough six um, i do too but there's still this like until i bring this lottery ticket to the gas station like anything <laughs> could happen yeah okay <laughs> Well, you know the team I mean? like, like this sense, this feeling in Sacramento, like just can we just get there and we'll figure it out from there. Uh, but they're another team that nobody's talking about. That's like a, a fun, confident bunch. Well, so <clears throat> that's the thing about the West. So you've got Denver, who you, we've talked about now. We've got Sac, who is going to be happy to be there. And you got Memphis. I just don't know where Memphis is going to be. I don't know what's happening there. They were already having struggles. Before the jaw situation. Um, by the way, the other team you saw last night, the Pelicans, now out of the top 10, which has been a slow march yeah, in that direction true. for about six weeks now. Feels um, bad. Um, they need job back. I mean, not well, they need job back. They need, Zion, I'm sorry. Zion, I know. Zion back. I'm 40 and uh, he's not, And he's not close, uh, no. I don't think. Um, At this point, don't you think he's done for the season? Zion? Yeah. Um, no, like I mean, they'd I have think to he, at I least th- be in playing like reach or something like that for him to come back. Or I mean, I think his setback was significant. And so now you're worried about a worse setback. So you're going to be doubly cautious. Yeah. Um, it's been a, you know, they were in second place like in December, maybe even early January. And so it's been very disappointing for them. Uh, as for I, the I Grizzlies, I did expect them to play a little better than this, right? Even with him out, like well, their depth dictates with, with like Brandon they, back, right? Well, in their in theory, their depth dictates that they should be able to perform better without Zion. They certainly performed better last year without him, and you could argue that their team is better this year. Yeah, um, and so that and they lost to the Kings without Fox. Fox didn't play last night. That's correct. 
That's correct. And um, it was, and you know, it was, you know, you got to win a game like that if you're going to make it, if you're them. Um, But the Grizzlies, like, I, I I don't even know if they know what's, you know, I don't think they know what's going to happen with Ja. Yeah, uh, it's really going to be probably in Adam Silver's hands, don't you think, Spears? I think it's in his life's hands. To be honest, yeah. man, like I, I think there's a lot going on. Um, you know, my my prayers to him, man, that he that he figures it out. Um, there's things I'm hearing that I, I'd rather probably not say on this yeah, podcast don't, don't, about. Yeah, yeah don't about, get out over your skis. Yeah, yeah, um, but. I hope he's taking care of himself. I don't, I'm not really worried about the basketball part for him right now, man. I'm, I'm worried about the human part and that when he does come back, he's, he's healthy mentally and physically, man. Like I'm, I'm my, my guess now, if I was, you know, not that you bet on this, that I, he doesn't play the rest of the season as he takes care of himself. And it, it reminds me of when he was out against the Warriors, um, in the playoffs last year, Memphis is still a formidable team without him. You know, Jaron Jackson is really, really good. Uh, I do think, though, that the Brandon Clark injury also, like, yeah. uh, very, you know, is a big, big hit to their bench. So, I, I mean, I don't know what Memphis is going to be, but uh, Jaron, you know, JJJ is really, really good. And, uh, in the same way, like Anthony Davis, I think he's going to have to put this team on his shoulder, and we'll we'll get an opportunity to see how good he is. Because I, yeah, and Dylan Brooks and Desmond Bain. Look, I yeah. actually think if there was one thing I could say to the Grizzlies without knowing the whole story, I'm not going to probably ever know the whole story. Yeah, um, this is an opportunity for you guys to put the nonsense aside and focus on the basketball. Yeah, because you guys are really good at basketball. You got a really good it's team. Just hope, man. Let your hoop and, talk and, for you. Right. And that's exactly right. Like let, let your, let your performance do the talking. And I do agree with the concept that the, the confidence that they play with help has helped them overcome the, you know, imposter syndrome. Like, like that's one of the things that you're worried about a team like Sacramento Sacramento all of a sudden wakes up and they're in the second round of the playoffs or something. They look around and, you know, they got Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Breen and Mark Jackson over there. They got Scott Foster roughing late game playoff games. They got, um, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of media around, uh, (laughs) you know, and they're they're getting talked about every day. They played a Knicks on on, uh, another network nationally. I think it's their first real national TV game on Thursday. To your point, I'm curious to see like what it's going to be like for them in the city. Right. So I've seen teams have this happen to them where they kind of get like this, oh man, like everything just got real, real here. And you see teams kind of falter in that moment. And it's kind yeah. of, it's like imposter syndrome. You, you feel like you're not supposed to be there, even though yeah. they will have earned their way there with genuine results. Yeah. The Grizzlies confidence level, the way they play with has allowed them to overcome that. They have skipped steps and they're leaping forward. Um, because their confidence has overcome that. And so, like, it's foolish to look at the way the Grizzlies have handled their business and say that it's been a negative because it's a net positive. However, it is a weak spot for them, and it is really affecting them this year on a number of different fronts, not just Ja. Like, it is ridiculous for Dylan Brooks to be suspended for games in March because of technical fouls. It's just ridiculous. 
And he, if he should gets he, another he suspension, suspended for the outfit. <laughs> I don't talk about fashion, man. <laughs> that was um, a flagrant too, at least we could get, we could take the flag. <laughs> but like, you know, Kirk, I mean, the Grizzlies, uh, they, like they can't afford, like I'm gonna say, like they're they're narrow, they're neck and neck with sack. They gotta try to hang on to that two seed, or they gotta try to hang on to their momentum. Like they can't afford for Dylan Brooks to miss another game now because of a suspension because of technical fouls. Like their margin for error is down to much smaller, and they now have to focus on the basketball. Yeah, welcome to trying to come out of the Western Conference in the NBA. I mean, we've seen it for for decades now. There's no room for error. You have to be playing your best. Uh, and being your best selves uh, at, in the spring of, of the of the basketball season, I just don't don't know what's going to happen. I echo everything that Spears said about a job and the loss of Stephen Adams. To your point, Brian, this team was was flailing uh, for weeks, uh, and then the Brandon Clark thing that Spears brought up—that's another big hit. Meanwhile, these other teams are starting to put it together. Uh, you know, Golden State, although they lost the, the Lakers. They're getting Stefan back. They look like they're great at home, at least right now. Uh, everybody's scared of them. And then, of course, Phoenix. There are going to be teams that are firing on all cylinders in April and May in that conference. And if you're not one of them, you're not going to go to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. So, you know, Memphis has a lot to overcome in a short amount of time. Um, I wish them the best. Uh, but the rest of the Western Conference is 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 happily going to yeah. take the next step and, and take their place as a contender, if they slip a, a little right bit now, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent Spears. Yeah. So I, I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm still buying on the Clippers being interesting too. I know they've had their struggles, but I, I, they had so many games missed with Kawhi and PG and now they're finally getting to play together and they added Russ and all these new players. And I love their bench. And I really am frightened by what they could be by the time the playoffs start. We've been saying that for four years. I know. My opinion of the Clippers. I'm, I'm, I'm same as the Nuggets, but go ahead, Brian. My opinion of the Clippers is the Kawhi Leonard factor is everything. Obviously, there's ebb and flow with some of their supporting cast. Kawhi has shown in the second half of this season the type of form that he showed before when he when he because I, I don't even know what happened that year when he tore his knee. Um Obviously, the Suns were a great team. They came out of the West, but um, his performance in that playoffs was spectacular when he when he when he tore his knee ligament. Um, I thought that the the Westbrook thing was a self inflicted wound, not just because of what Russ does, but because it screwed with the balance of the team. They were playing really, really well, and it has completely thrown them off. Not necessarily because of Russ, but because of the fallout of it. But at the end of the day, if Kawhi is playing well and PG is playing well, they've got a fighter's chance. Yeah. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Speaking of the standings, I want to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference before we go. Boston has blown double-digit leads three times in the last week. Um, 28 points the other night to the Knicks. I'm sorry, to the Nets. Double overtime loss to the Knicks where they blew a double-digit lead. And then it was the second night of a back-to-back. Tatum rests. Tatum and Horford rested. Robert Williams was out. So they were without three of their five best players. But they're up 14 in Cleveland going to the fourth quarter. They got Grant Williams on the foul line with 0.8 seconds left. Even after they blow the 14-point lead, they got Grant Williams on the line, who's an 83% free throw shooter. He's got to make one free throw. Cavs have no timeouts, eight-tenths of a second left. Donovan Mitchell comes and <laughs> talks something into Grant Williams' ear. Um, and then after the game, Donovan made a throwback. This was a shrewd throwback to 2000, and I think it was 2005, 2006, when LeBron trash-talked Gilbert Arenas into a miss, and he said... That's uh, great. You remember that in the playoffs? He said, yeah. uh, I think, uh, he said, if you miss this free throw, you're not going to get the ball back or, you're, or it's over. I think if you miss this free throw, it's over. Gil missed the free throw and LeBron came down and hit Damon Jones, hit a baseline jumper, won the game, won the series. Um, so <laughs> Donovan did that throwback. Anyway, Grant Williams blows the two free throws. He, you know, just blows them. Just great A choke. I don't know what else to say. I know Grant's had a rough go of it recently. Great eight choke, misses two free throws. The point is Boston loses, has lost, has given away these games. After being in first place for basically four straight months, they are now three games behind the Bucks in the lost column. And they, this week, they play the Blazers at home on Wednesday. But then they leave for a six-game road trip. Now, they obviously are an excellent team. They are the league's, uh, if they're not the league's best road team, they're the second, I think they're the second, no, they're the, still the best road team. Um, I have no doubt. I have no questions about them, their ability to win on the road, but I'm not expecting them to go six and no. And Milwaukee's lost like once in like six weeks. My point is the difference between being the first seed and being the second seed in the Eastern That's Conference right. is enormous. And their inability to close out these games, despite playing so well, is gonna is in the process of biting them in the backside yeah. right now. So, um, Spears, I just want to know where you're at with the Celtics at the moment. Stunned, confused, because they look like to your point, so great for most of the season. And it seemed like as soon as we started talking about Jason Tatum for MVP, like the Celtics took a dip. Um very, very confusing, and and I thought Joe was probably the front runner for coach of the year too up until recently. Um, they need Robert Williams to be healthy there too. I, I think that's something that is important to their success defensively. Um, I'm totally confused by them, um, but I guess it, typically what every great team has this point in the season, right, where they go through this kind of malaise. 
Yeah, obviously the difference between first and second is not just home oh, court in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the conference, in the finals. You possibly. don't want to see Philly right now. <laughs> right. Philly is, uh, by the way, Philly's gone on the road and had a great road trip so far. And, uh, and then obviously a potential home court. Last year, game seven was in Boston, Kirk. Uh, yeah. Game yep. seven was, it was, that was a difference-making game. Yeah, and they still needed to win game six in Milwaukee. And credit to them, they were able to do that. But that was without Chris Middleton. I remember I was at that series, and I told people who would listen to me, we're going to be back here for the next few years watching these two teams. They're so close. They're so good. You talk about Denver not getting number one number, respect as the number one seed in the West. Well, both of these teams have the respect of the rest of, Easters, of, the, rest of the Eastern Conference. I can promise you that. And I, I do think that you nailed it, Brian. The, the key thing about this little mini slide and these leads they've blown is that relative position with the red-hot Milwaukee Bucks with one eye on a potential trip to the finals in May fighting for the Eastern Conference Championship because both of those gyms are very hard to win. And in credit to both teams, they've both done it. But you, you want to have the four games at your place and there's a huge game coming up at the end of March at Milwaukee where, I, you know, we'll see where they are. I think this road trip that you alluded to, games at Atlanta to start, at Minnesota, at Portland, they're winnable, but they're also losable. At Sacramento and Spears, that's my coach of the year, Mike Brown, all right, your friend yeah. of mine. Uh, but, dude, Agreed. there's there's no room for – the Celtics are fine. I'm not, I'm not scared of yeah. them, but in terms of where they were three weeks ago, this has been a costly run. Uh, of comeback losses against other Eastern Conference contenders that's taken some of the scare out of teams like the Knicks, uh, the Nets, um, and the Cavs, uh, all contenders in the East, and, and all teams they might see again. The Cavs have now beaten them three times, as you know, Brian. Yeah, three times in overtime, by the way. The Cavs are 7-0 and in overtime this year. <laughs> uh, um, it, you know what? That is absolutely the Donovan Mitchell of, uh, effect, because right? in most of those games, and last night he had off. he had forty. The seventy-one point game that he had was an overtime game. Oh, one more point. Um, you know the uh, the best free throw trash talk of our lives, guys. Mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. <laughs> Damn. Oh yeah. Oh man. So shout out to Donovan Mitchell for making us all think about uh, these these great moments in free throw trash yeah. talk hey, history. Well, are, are we at the point now where even with this number one seed, right? Should should they fear for the Knicks? Are we there yet? The Knicks? the Knicks are okay. So let me just say this about the Knicks. The Knicks are leaving. They play the Hornets tonight. I don't want to assume anything, uh, but I think they got a good chance on that one. Um, so they made <laughs> oh, the Garden's then, gonna be rocking, baby, in the oh, playoffs. Oh. <laughs> did you guys hear the double bang? Uh, the Mike Breen double bang uh, Friday, uh, last Friday in Miami. Uh, Julius Randle hits that shot to win oh. after this just awful possession. They should have turned it over twice. And Mike Breen is calling the game for uh, MSG, and he he brought out the double bang for that. It was such a stunning. Um, uh, um, so anyway, um, the Knicks have had some things kind of fall their way a little bit recently. They have absolutely earned it, um, but they're going to be tested. They're going out West here. I think, I think, I think they play seven of nine on the road um, after the game against Charlotte. So, Hey, if they, if they keep streaking through this, it'll be impressive. I do think the Knicks are going to take a loss or two <clears throat> that Cavs win, by the way, kept the Cavs a game and a game and a half in front of New York. Yeah. Had 
the Celtics finished that off, they would have been a half game back. Right. Probably would have been in position to tie the Cavs uh, Tuesday night with the win over the Hornets. Um, so now when they go out West, they're at least going to be a game behind, but, um, uh, I wouldn't be excited about playing the Cavs or the Knicks, but I would rather play that than the 76ers. Yeah. Um, and so that's just the reality of it. So I also wonder Spears, Joe Missoula is a very intense guy. He has batted away any suggestion that there is any sort of issue there. When you're a first time head coach and you're going through the playoffs for the first time, and your team has in its memory banks that they have struggled at the end of games, that is a little hurdle to overcome, and that's getting built up right now. Yeah, so. but the, but they they were in the finals last year. I, ju- I just feel like this is that's a phase. Point. This is a phase. They'll be fine. These playoffs, oh. man, like, can we fast forward both sides? No, no, hell no. Why? Yeah. <laughs> But we can fast forward to the end of this pod because you got to go, Spears. No, I don't. Um, you didn't oh. see my note. Oh, okay, I just now saw it. I got to go to Phoenix. Uh, so going. Are you going to you gonna get an a, a, a apartment in Phoenix, man? I feel yeah. like you're, you're always in Phoenix, man. Is you something you need it's to my, tell us? But <laughs> are you my, building like uh, some <laughs> cactus farm out there or something? Like what, what, what you got going on? The cactus farming is very lucrative in uh, in arizona <laughs> now i'm going to durant's first home game as a son uh wednesday against the thunder my third thunder game in the last month which is a huge advantage because guess what i can't watch the thunder on tv either with my league pass you think they um, get a plan no um i think they're kind of going the wrong direction shay's missed some time first shay had a hip injury and then he was in health and safety and they lost like five out of four out of five and uh, five out of six. And they've lost leverage. It's not the end of the world. You know, I will say this, like I, um, I'm, I'm talking to some folks that, you know, Chet Holmgren is out on doing some stuff out on the court. Um, I don't know for sure. And I didn't, I didn't see him a year ago. Yeah. I just saw him on TV, but it looks like he's added some weight. Um, I covered a couple of his games last year Jalen Williams their rookie who I wrote about last week um just had his career high 32 points the other night in a loss um he's really good uh they got some stuff can I can I apologize to Jalen Williams Santa Clara I I missed it I saw him play like his junior year and I was like good it's like didn't see an NBA body or an, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I missed Santa Clara last year. I totally missed on this kid, man. Well, totally missed I, on him. It, Bill I Duffy like story. got in on him real late. I think he, 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 his, it wasn't like he was lighting it up. Like. What's well, kind of that. funny. So Bill Duffy, who's one of the most prolific agents in the history of the NBA. Um, Bill Duffy went to Santa Clara. Yeah. Bill Duffy got Steve Nash, yeah. the last draft pick from Santa Clara. Uh, he was his agent his whole career. I'm pretty sure Duff is on the board of directors of yeah. Santa Clara. Like, I believe they had to tap him on the shoulder, like, hey, <laughs> this kid is good, man. Is that, there's, there's actually kind of a story about how the Thunder like had a little one of those draft night operations to try to make sure they got 
they kept Jalen Williams. They kind of um, were trying to get him, and they they traded for the Knicks pick right in front of them just because they were afraid that another team might draft. So they, the, the Thunder had the 12th pick, which is actually the Clippers pick from the Paul George trade. The Knicks pick in front of them, but the 11th pick was for sale. The Knicks were trying to get out of that pick because they wanted to uh, create space for Jalen Brunson. Good decision. And, you know, there were some teams behind them that the, that the Thunder knew, thought they, the Thunder were worried, liked Jalen Williams. And they knew that the Knicks pick was for sale. So they were worried somebody was going to jump up in front of them. And so they kind of overpaid. They paid, they paid three firsts to get the 11th pick. The, the 13th pick, which went right behind them, Charlotte's pick, Charlotte also traded. That pick cost one first and four seconds. So the 11th pick went for three firsts. The 13th pick went for one first and four seconds. There's a, I know there's two spots there, but the Thunder kind of overpaid basically to fend off anybody from behind who was trying to, because they, I mean, they took Oz, Ozmain Jang, I think is how you pronounce it. And they obviously liked him, but they didn't even have his medicals. Like they kind of took like a shot in the dark on him. The guy they wanted was Jalen Williams. And you know how I know? Not because they told me, because I judge by their actions. They, they used the 11th pick on Jang. They used the 12th pick on Jalen Williams. Now, if you wanted Jalen Williams even more, why would you use the 12th pick? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because trades fall apart. You know, you just because you agree to a trade in a 10-minute window on draft night doesn't mean when you have the trade mm-hmm. call two hours later that it's going to – they wanted to make sure that in case that Knicks trade fell apart because it ended up being a three-way <laughs> trade with the Hornets. They wanted like to make sure that. they had Jalen Williams. So that's they inside basketball right there. Wanted yeah, like Jalen Williams. And look, that's how you build a team. That's great. Sam Presti. Great insight, about, and, Brian. And I talked to, to Jalen about this, and he goes, you know, when you're at Santa Clara, it ain't like you're at Duke. Yeah, when, yeah. like, the Thunders show up to, like, four or five games and a practice, when you're at Santa Clara, you kind of notice that the Thunder <laughs> yeah, are around. Yeah. You know, Sam Presti doesn't show up to – non-Gonzaga West Coast Conference game. Yeah. You know, they were scouting Shed Holmgren, but their other eye was on this other yeah. West Coast Conference game. They had the Santa Clara Pacific game, right? right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, was, that was like Perk. Perk told me, you know, he knew that he had a chance to get drafted when Sam Presti started showing up to his high school games. So, yeah. um, anyway, so, yeah, I'll go to see the Thunder. But, hey, uh, all you right, you got to go. One, one, one thing yeah. about the Thunder, I'll say real quick, you know, when we talk about Ja a lot, the Grizzlies and the Thunder are the only two teams that don't have a player at, that's at least 30 years old. I really hope that I, I love the Thunder's talent, and I think the only thing Sam needs to do is add some vets to that roster next season. Got to have some OGs in that locker room. Not that they have any bad guys or any trouble guys, but they don't. They you still need team. somebody, some UDs, some Dollars, some Garrett Temples. You know, you, you need some of those guys in the locker room to – kind of make sure that the the young guys are are progressing the right way. Well, they are moving along beautifully and the league better hope that when they miss the playoffs this year, because I think they will, they better hope that that lottery doesn't smile on them. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're already. Look out if that lottery yeah. smiles on they'll them. Be, they'll be fine either way. <laughs> Uh, All right, Kirk, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Spears. Thank you to Jackson and Bruce, our producers. I'm off to Phoenix. Talk to you guys later this week.